Welcome to Sense and Sensibility, the Inflation Guy podcast. I am Michael Ash, and I am the Inflation Guy, and I am your host today. Uh, today, we're going to talk uh, more on a current events matter. Uh, I want to talk about the, the Fed meeting today. What did the Fed do? Why did the market react like it did? And uh, what does it mean for inflation and any other implications that sort of come up uh, as I'm rambling along? Uh, first, the event, the the Fed today, the FOMC uh, met and um, hiked interest rates, hiked the overnight interest rates uh, 50 basis points, which was as, as expected, the Fed funds rate. Uh, they also announced that they were going to, they are going to uh, begin the balance sheet runoff on June 1st. And that was roughly as expected. And they, they uh, in terms of how rapidly they'll run down the balance sheet, the answer is not very, uh, but it was about what, what uh, the market had expected. If anything, that was a little bit less. Uh, there were some people who thought that the Fed might immediately begin balance sheet runoff because if inflation is, is a big concern, you'd want to kind of do that pretty quickly. Uh, but they decided to start that next month. And, and they're they're going to start at about one third speed and then ramp it up over the next couple of months after that. So again, about as expected. None of that's dramatic, um, and if anything, it, it was a little bit timid because of the rate of runoff starting next month instead of this month. Um, and and the market kind of well, didn't really react initially. You know, there's no penalty to the Fed for delivering what the market was expecting. The market was expecting 50 basis points. They were expecting a beginning to the runoff. And so, you know, you don't get any any extra points for delivering 50 basis points. Um, but, you know, it, but, it, but, but it's still, you're delivering 50 basis points and you're beginning the runoff. And these were things that needed to be done. It's hard to claim that they are particularly aggressive. Now, as I said, the market didn't really react very much to 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 that statement. Um, it it was it was expected. We all know that inflation is running crazy. We all know that Federal Reserve speakers have been out there and talking about fifty basis points. We know that uh, that uh, Bullard had floated the idea of doing seventy five basis points, and the market traded down aggressively in. And then Loretta Mester came out the next day and said, no, 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 we're not thinking about 75 basis points. So they had done the whole flagpole thing, and and the market had told them very clearly that, no, 50 basis points is what we're ready for, and the Fed just delivered it. Not, again, not super aggressive. But then Powell, Chairman Powell, took to the microphone. And, you know, this is something that's very different from what it used to be in the Volcker days. You know, back in the Volcker days, uh, he didn't have to go to the microphone. And there were a fair number of people who didn't know who Paul Volcker even was. And now, you know, uh, Chairman Powell can, can go in front of the microphone and say that he wants to speak directly to the American people, as he said today. So, you know, it's bad enough that we have 24-hour... Uh, uh, market news television stations to give us, you know, fast twitch reactions to things which should be 40-year investments to to us. Um, but now we have the Federal Reserve chief speaking directly to the American people. 
And, you know, he said a bunch of things. One of the things he said was that uh, we see restoring price stability is absolutely essential. Um, so, you know, he's clearly what he was trying to do in speaking directly to the American people. You know, he was trying to do the old Bill Clinton feel your pain thing. Like, yes, yes, yes. We know inflation is really a concern and we're going to, you know, we're going to we're going to talk really aggressively about this. We're going to because because talk is so cheap. Um, so we're going to restore, we see restoring price stability is absolutely essential, which of course the people listening also see it as absolutely essential because they're getting absolutely filleted by the higher, uh, the higher prices they see all, all the time. Um, but I question that statement. I don't think the Federal Reserve sees that as absolutely essential. If the Fed saw uh, market, you know, uh, price stability is absolutely essential, then they wouldn't have added as much to their balance sheet as they did in the first place, and they would be aggressively uh, tearing down their balance sheet as quickly as they could and letting interest rates go where they will. But that clearly is not an absolute to them. Um, it is one of the things that they care about, but it is certainly not the only thing that they care about, and it may not even be the most important. But it's easy to say that. And the Fed, you know, he, Powell also said that the Fed's main job is price stability and kind of downplayed that the Fed really has a whole lot to do with employment. Well, again, that's easy to say when unemployment rate is as low as it's ever been or close to it. Um, it's some, it would be harder to say that if the unemployment rate was 8 or 10 percent. So, again, we're, you know, it, it, it's easy to talk tough when there's no one around who's challenging you. Um He's just saying what people kind of want to hear, sort of like any politician. Look, I mean, any politician will promise you things that don't cost them anything, and there is no cost to speaking hawkishly right now, as long as you're not too much more hawkish than what the market really has priced in. As we saw with Bullard coming out and talking about 75 basis points, the market reacting poorly. And so, you know, the Fed w wants to sort of maybe you know, get the market to gently go to where they want it to go so that then they can be aggressive. But I assure you that, um, and I'll talk, I guess I'll get to this in a second, but I, I, if the market reacts very, very poorly as it did when Bullard said his thing, they will just as quickly, the Fed will just as quickly trot out somebody to calm everybody down and say, don't worry, it's not going to be that bad. So, if it is absolute, if price stability is absolutely essential, the, you know, here's the question: Will you keep doing? Will you keep tightening if there's a recession? And Powell's answer is: Well, we have a pretty good chance of avoiding recession, which doesn't answer the question. First of all, you don't really have that good a chance of avoiding recession. You know, I can't think of any examples in history where you had a dramatic increase in energy prices, not to mention food prices, and large increases in interest rates, which they claim they're going to do, and didn't have a recession. That would be very odd. Is it, does the, does the labor market look good right now? Sure, the labor market looks great right now, but that's, a recession isn't going to happen tomorrow, but it's going to happen next year. And very, it's very likely that we'll have a recession in 2023. In fact, I think it would be rather remarkable if we didn't. It would be quite an accomplishment if if the Fed was able to raise interest rates and drain the balance sheet, if if uh, energy prices, you know, stayed at $110 a barrel, and we didn't have a recession, that would be something special, uh, especially as the globalization trend 
crumbles and we do less uh, less uh, business globally. Uh, you know, Powell says they're highly attentive to inflation risks, and he doesn't see a wage price spiral. Of course, if you did see a wage price spiral, would you still would you be more aggressive than you are? You know, would you tighten if stocks are down twenty percent? These are what we want to know. I mean, it's kind of a it's almost a Dr. Seuss kind of thing, right? You know, would you tighten in a slump? Will you tighten with a wage jump? Will you tighten in a jam? Will you tighten, Sam? I am. I mean, it's it's uh, that's what we that's what we really want to know is we want to know all these contingencies. You know, you say you're so hawkish. Well, okay, but you were hawkish. You know, you tightened fifty basis points. The market didn't do anything. That's not the impressive part. The impressive part to me is if you tighten and you don't care what happens to the market. That will be more impressive, and we haven't really gotten there. So those are the real questions, and we don't have those real answers. I have two fears at this point, and and the Fed didn't allay either of those fears today. And one of those fears is that, and and the market reaction I think highlights this. Uh, the stock market, as I said, didn't do very much until Powell said these magic words in response to a question uh, about whether the Fed, you know, was thinking about 75 basis points, whether they would do 75, a 75 basis point hike in the future, because the market had started to price that in for next, for, for June, the possibility that they would hike 75 basis points. And, and Powell said a 75 basis point increase is not something the committee is actively considering. And at that point, the S&P, jumped about 140 points over the balance of the of the session. Oh, that's super healthy, right? I mean, you know, the difference of 25 basis points one month from now is worth 140 S&P points. You know, what's that? You know, almost 3%. So this is my first fear. My first fear is that the market clearly cares more about financing and fin- financing cheaply than it cares about organic growth. There is no reason that whether the Fed does 50 or 75 in June should have should be worth 3% to the S&P. That's just absurd. And, and, and I would even say that it shouldn't matter that much to, to the stock market, certainly to the companies that make up the stock market. It shouldn't matter very much whether or not the Fed's terminal interest rate is 3% or 4.5%. Okay? But it clearly does mean a whole lot to the value of equity shares. So whether or not it means anything to the companies and their earnings, it means a lot to the shares because so much of what's going on in this economy is very, very levered and and it is contingent on that leverage being acquired at a really, really low interest rate. And so even a small hint that interest rates are are going to go up less is a massively bullish thing for the market. That's not healthy. It's not a good thing to see. And that's one of my fears because what happens in that circumstance is when you do take away that liquidity, when you do raise the price of that liquidity with the interest rate and you do remove that liquidity by shrinking the balance sheet, uh, then really bad things happen to markets. Now, I, I can argue that stock prices ought to be much lower anyway uh, in an equilibrium sense, but but we none, nobody wants it to get there in an ugly fashion. So that's sort of one of my fears is that is that 
uh, there's clearly this underlying shakiness, this jitteriness, this this fragility when it comes to interest rates and liquidity that I don't think the Fed really appreciates, and I don't think that they can do a whole lot about it. It's something that is now has seeped into every aspect of of our financial markets and many aspects of our economy, and it's it's just something that's going to be pretty ugly to unwind. And the second fear, I guess, is is that I I, I still don't think the Fed. I don't see any evidence that the Fed um, really understands <laughs> understands inflation, understands the process. You know, Powell says at one point he says. You know, our tools don't really work on supply shocks. Our tools work on demand. And when he was sort of talking about, um, you know, whether or not the Fed can affect oil or food prices. Well, I mean, of course you can affect uh, oil and uh, energy and food prices. Those are, these are demand impacts here. And, and there's sort of this misunderstanding that I guess – I guess you can you can kind of go back to the whole transitory discussion, right? So when the Fed thought everything was transitory, you know, they thought it was because there are these supply constraints that were happening, and that's why there were all these shortages. But they they never understood, and they never they still don't seem to understand that the reason we had shortages was that we had this artificially created demand far in excess of the natural the natural course of of, of economic growth. But the government spending an enormous amount of money that the Fed printed created some false demand that that is what caused the supply constraints. You know, this the, the massive increase in demand is what clogged the ports, not some inherent problem with the ports. And so, yes, energy prices are where they are because the economy is very, very hot. And the economy is very, very hot because the Fed has made it very, very hot, the Fed and, and the, the Treasury. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the whole point here is that if the Fed reduces the money supply, which I don't believe they have any interest in actually doing, but if they reduce their balance sheet enough and, and are able to reduce the money supply, um, then, yeah, prices will go down including oil prices, including food prices. So they don't seem to really understand that. And it's, it's, it's a concern. Um, you know, they, they, they kind of worship at the altar of interest rate hikes when it's really the balance sheet they should be paying attention to. It's not the cost of liquidity in the system. It's the liquidity in the system. It's the money in the system, not the cost of money that is really driving what's going on. And they don't seem to really understand that. And nothing that they have said um, as they've started to tighten um, kind of allay, allays that fear for me. Um, I do think that the Fed seems to be, they're being more hawkish so far than I had expected them to be. Um, but we ha they haven't yet been tested. So anyway, those are my fears. And Powell didn't do anything to, to allay them. Um, I, as I said, I think it's unlikely that we don't have a recession um, next year. And I, and I also think it's, it's very unlikely that the Fed is going to keep shrinking the balance sheet um, if we get that recession or if the stock market drops. Um, you know, I, I, I guess one other comment, you know, people, I read somewhere that 
the the Fed put is dead. And the Fed put is the idea that if the stock market uh, drops, the Fed comes riding to the rescue with more liquidity. And, um, and this idea got started a very long time ago in the 90s. And, um, uh, and, and somebody wrote that, well, you know, the market is down so and the Fed is not easing, so therefore the Fed put is dead. But that's just a ridiculous statement. The market is a grand total of 10% off the highs. Okay, so it's just barely a correction. I mean, it's not, we're not even in a bear market. We've, and it hasn't been terribly sloppy on the way down. And I, I think if, if stock prices went down 15% and did it slowly and gradually, I, I can't imagine who would care about that. Um, the Fed put doesn't mean that the Fed eases as long as stocks don't keep going up. The whole idea of a Fed put was if, if markets get, get sloppy and jittery, then that's when the Fed steps in. So anyway, uh, the Fed put, I think, is is I, I have seen nothing that tells me that the Fed put is not there yet. And so all of these things will be revealed over the balance of this year. Will, is the Fed going to be more aggressive than I think? Are they going to pull back liquidity more than I think? Are they going to ignore um, you know, equity price declines? Are they going to be more aggressive when they see you know wages continuing to go up? Are they going to be more aggressive as housing prices don't you know suddenly uh, decline, um, as used car prices um, you know moderate the rate of growth but don't fall? Are they going to continue to be you know aggressive in that kind of in those circumstances? And I think the answer uh, generally there is no. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But that's sort of the state of the world, the way I see it at the moment. And um, and what that means uh, for inflation is that, you know, we're we're uh, we're not looking at going back to two percent in 2022 or in 2023. I think we're I think we're still on track for being in the four to five percent range for both of those years. So that's all for today's podcast. As always, you can you can contact me, um, inflationguy at enduringinvestments.com or follow me on Twitter at inflation underscore guy. You can download the Inflation Guy app, visit Enduring Investments, follow my blog at mikeashton.wordpress.com. But most importantly, and even though the Fed is working hard, it's up to you. Defend your money. And if inflation is coming for you, remember... You know a guy.